Hey everyone, so before this episode begins, I have a quick disclaimer. So at the time of the recording, I did not realize that I had been pronouncing the name of this game incorrectly, funnily enough. So I'd be pronouncing it as Death Tiny, as I think it would read, you know, to most normal people. But apparently the name is a silly pun on the word destiny, so it's pronounced Destiny, which... I guess you can hear Iconoclast pronouncing correctly and I incorrectly throughout the interview. With that said, though, I think Death Tiny is a really silly title, and I think Death Tiny is actually better, so I don't think it's too much of a big deal that I mispronounce it. But there you go. Just wanted to give you all a heads up for future reference. The pronunciation of the game is Death Tiny. Welcome to the episode. With me today is Iconoclast to talk about some Ketsui Death Tiny. How's it going? I'm fine. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about is just kind of to learn a little more about you because when I saw some of your tweets about getting some pretty impressive scores in Death Tiny, I kind of looked at your channel and some of your other tweets and I was really impressed to see your 3 billion DOJ scores. So I wanted to learn a little more about, I guess, Maybe your background with shmups and playing cave games. Um, well, I basically started with Raiden Fighters Aces on the 360. Then after that, I played uh, Futari, then Escaluda and Death Smiles and so on and so on. Nice. So you got your start on the 360 then. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. I think quite a few people that I've talked to got their start on the 360. Before Raiden Fighters Aces, had you played uh, shmups casually at all, or not even that? Well, I think I played stuff like uh, Gyrus on the NES when I was a kid, but that's about it, or Tempest on the Saturn. So how did you get started with DOJ? Was it the 360 port then? I think I started playing it on MAME like a really long time ago, like maybe five, six years. And I just played it casually every mm -hmm. once in a while. I eventually won all it and play another game for a while, come back to it, play another game. So when did you decide to go for the two-all and, and then eventually, you know, such a high score later on? Mm, I think I first two-alled Black Label in 2013. Then after that, uh, I picked up White Label and played that for a few years. Then I went back to Black Label earlier this year. What made you decide to switch to White Label in the first place? 
uh, I think back in 2014, 2015, it was like really popular on uh, Nico, the live stream, Japanese live stream site. Right. So I was watching a bunch of people play that, and I thought it just looked fun, so I picked it up myself. Did you catch um, at Stunfest this year, Fufufu's run of White Label? Yep. And his, uh, his previous one. Yeah, they were amazing. Oh, yeah. The Wasai one? Is that what? Wasn't that it? Yeah. Washoi. Washoi. Sorry, my Japanese is horrible. <laughs> yeah, the Washoi one, I was really impressed because he kind of brought it back at the end there, didn't he? Yeah, he died in a 2 2, which would like end anybody's run, but he still managed to clear it somehow. So, of the two, I'm assuming survival wise, White Label is insanely harder than black label or how large of a difference survival wise is it between those two uh yeah survival wise white label is much more difficult especially with a uh, type b because it has a bigger hitbox oh i didn't know that yeah it's uh i didn't know that either when i first started using it <laughs> uh, i figured it out eventually so of the two ships would you say type b is the more difficult ship because i play a ax or whatever so yeah, it, and especially in a white label, Type B is much worse. Well, maybe not much worse, but it's definitely worse. Right. It looks like, last time I checked, I'm not sure, I might be a little bit outdated here. Did Fufufu have the highest record overall, or is that WY's AEX? Um, I can't remember which one scored higher. I'm not sure, actually. I think maybe Fufufu has a higher score, but I don't know. Yeah, it's been a little while for me as well. They're pretty close. So after you went to White Label, did you manage to to all White Label? At first, I was just playing just to see how far I could get. I didn't think I would two-all it, so yeah, I I took a long long break from it. Then I went back, and eventually I started to think I could do it, and I did it eventually. Wow, how long did it take? From the time you decided, okay, I'm going to try and get the two all clear, how long did that take you? I have no idea, to be honest. Probably <laughs> probably like six months or something, maybe. Wow. That's impressive, because I've been working away at the two all of DDP about that long, and I feel like I'm getting close, but I'm wondering, I'm, have you full cleared DDP? Uh, nope. I, I've barely even played it. Oh. <laughs> I've always wondered which one's harder, survival-wise. I'd assume DOJ would be, but... Yeah, white label DOJ is definitely harder. Yeah, black that's label, true. I I should have clarified black label. Yeah, black label. I don't know. It's probably pretty close. Yeah. Well, awesome. So after you got your clear and white label, you decided to go back to black label to set a higher score, kind of thing. Uh, I kept playing white label for a while after I cleared it for the first time, just to get a higher score. But uh, earlier this year, I actually got a I. Uh, updated my white label pb then after that i switched to black label nice is there a particular way you like to play white label do you shmup mame or like the ps2 port or uh, i use um for a long time i used mame plus and the 360 port for white label oh uh, yeah yeah i got sick of that so i just switched <laughs> to shmup mame yeah that's how i played white label and black label when i was playing them a year or so ago so I also was noticing on your YouTube channel that you have some other games that you play, especially it looks like, it's hard to clarify what genre of game it would be, but like Ninja Gaiden style games or Devil May Cry style games. Yeah, people just call them like action games. Yeah, action games. I just wanted to mention briefly because I'm a huge Ninja Gaiden fan as well. 
and I, I enjoyed watching some of your Master Ninja Clear videos on there. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 2 might be like my favorite game, period. Like, it has everything I'd want out of a video game. Like, really deep combat, high difficulty, lots of enemies, really fast pace. Yeah, it's up there for me, too, definitely. Yeah, just like everything about it, it's awesome. Yeah, I did a Master Ninja Clear of that as well, and it was kind of like, I just liked the game so much that I just kept clearing it until I ended up on Master Ninja is kind of how I got to that point. <laughs> yep, and the more you play it, the more stuff you learn, like, even years and years later. Yeah. Definitely. That's an interesting game. I, as far as I've seen speedruns of it, but I'm wondering what your thoughts here. But whenever I watch people speedrun it, it doesn't feel like as cool as people just trying to rack up high scores and combos and stuff. Yeah, I've watched a few Ninja Gaiden speedruns, but I'm not really a fan of it. They're basically just doing a lot of flying swallow and roll, rolling through the stages and, you know, uh, running past all the enemies. Running past and... everyone. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. Well, anyway, I wanted to, I just brought this up because I haven't spoken to a lot of Ninja Gaiden 2 big fans, and I've always wondered, what are your thoughts on the different versions as far as there's the 360 version, which I'm guessing you're going to say is the best, which I would agree with, but what do you think of Sigma? Oh, I'm not a fan of Sigma, but it has like a a few good things about it. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden, the, the original game has like a few really bad bosses and a few really bad sections that they kind of fixed and removed in Sigma. But other than that, I'd take the 360 like a hundred times over. Yeah. That's how I feel too, is the thing I like about, like, I like the 360 version way better. It's definitely superior, but there's things in Sigma that I did like. They removed a lot of the fetch questing. So you just, you don't have to worry about that stuff as much. And then there's that worm boss. In the yeah. jungle? God, that boss sucks. That has a new weapon, too, which is pretty nice. Yeah, the the big buster sword. I can't remember what it's called, but the Emma's Fang. Emma's Fang. Emma's yeah. Fang, yeah, I love that weapon. I feel like Ninja Gaiden 2, especially in the 360, has one of the most epic moments of video gaming where, you know the part where you're in hell and you're going up that staircase and there's yeah. so many ninjas that the 360 can't even handle it? Yeah, it's just like constant <laughs> slowdown yeah. start to finish. I've always wondered what the programmers were thinking at that point. They're like, screw it, this is going to be... We don't care what happens, we're putting these ninjas in. That's kind of a shmup-like moment too, though, right? Where you can use the slowdown to gain advantage on your opponents and stuff. It's constant uh, bull hell, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite games. I always recommend it to my friends and stuff. What do you think about... Do you think they'll ever make a PC release of it? I really doubt that. Oh... I guess what we can hope for, though, is maybe if a 360 emulator keeps coming along better. Yeah, that'd be good. Or uh, Xbox One backwards compatibility. Yeah, that too, yeah. I wonder if that would address some of the slowdown and stuff. Well, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up just for my own own pleasure anyway. (laughs) So the topic at hand is Ketsui. And so the first thing I want to know is uh, what's your history with just the original release of Ketsui or the various ports of Ketsui? Uh, well, Ketsui is actually one of the first arcade shmups that I cleared. Like, when it was first emulated, I played it for a while and just did a basic one-all. Mm-hmm. And then then after that, I just didn't play it at all until earlier this year. In May, I think, I did a, an Emote to all. Oh, nice. And that was it until the port came out. Were you doing that in anticipation of the port, or was it just a coincidence? Yeah, they announced the port. So I th- I figured it would be good to just practice for it. Yeah. What do you think of doing an 
an Ura, I think that's how you pronounce it, to all. Would that be something you'd be uh, interested in going for? Yeah, I'd like to, but it'd just be a, a lot of effort. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, even the Emote to all. I've only gotten... So my, my history with Ketsui is I play a lot of Dodonpachi, and then after I get sick of getting my ass beaten in Dodonpachi, I'll just play Ketsui for 20 or 30 minutes and just point blank enemies in the face for a while and then go back to Dodonpachi. So I know the first four stages of Ketsui pretty well, but then from there on, I've never really invested too much time in the game, but I really enjoy it a lot. So I was really looking forward to the port. Yeah, that's fun. Compared to the other cave games you've played, uh, how do you feel about Ketsui? Like, what, what do you think really sets it apart from them? And Well, compared to, like, uh, Dodonpachi, the, the ship mechanics are different. Like, you have to, you always have to, like, get near enemies and lock onto them mm-hmm. to kill them quickly. You can't just sit at the bottom of the screen. So you're basically forced to play aggressively, which is nice. Yeah. I love how the game rewards you for point-blanking enemies, because in Dodonpachi, you are mostly punished by doing that, by losing out on hits and stuff like that. So I really enjoy that aspect of uh, Ketsui scoring. Yeah, it's a it's a good different style. When I was kind of uh, talking to my friends about Ketsui trying to, trying to sell them on it, I was saying that the really cool thing about the game is that I feel like it's kind of just bullet hell in its purest form. You're just blowing shit up, trying to take out as many enemies as possible. The scoring system is a lot more lenient than I feel than something like the chaining in Dodonpachi. Uh, it, it's easy to get like a basic handle on it. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of encourages you to play more aggressively. And by playing more aggressively, you end up probably being able to survive a little easier. Yep. Whereas in like, when I recommend Dodonpachi to my friends, I kind of in my back of my head, I'm like, there's a lot of memorization in this game. And a lot of points where if you don't know exactly what you're doing, you're just going to get squished by some something in the corner or you're gonna get trapped but i feel like ketsui at least for to me like i'm not an expert in the game but you don't really run into that kind of thing as much at least in the first loop yeah well if you're not if you're like sitting all the way at the bottom of the screen you can probably get overwhelmed eventually yeah that's true yeah so it helps a lot to really memorize where the enemies are and stuff to know when you can go in yeah definitely so what ship do you play in ketsui uh type a it, it just looks like completely superior. I actually uh, play a lot of AL. So when I first started playing Ketsui, I actually did play Type B because the ship speed, I was like, oh, this kind of feels like AL. I'll use this one. And then after a few months, I switched over to A and I never looked back. I was like, okay, this ship just is way better. Yeah. It's fun to watch people uh, do replays of Type B too, though. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of good ones on the PS4. Yeah, so... When you got Death Tiny on the PS4, so you know they have the online leaderboards and things like that? Is there a way to watch replays from those scores? Yeah, you can download the replay of like every score, I think. Or at least like a bunch of them. Just press the circle button, I think. I was struggling with that so bad. Like I was hitting all the buttons and trying to get it to work, but I felt like it was possible, but I couldn't quite figure how. Yeah, you have, you have to go to the materials menu, and then uh, it shows all the replays. That's where it is. Okay. Good to know. Definitely. Yeah, because when it, I got the game the day it came out, really soon after it came out, and played Death Tiny Mode, and then I was looking through the replays to see, you know, what people were doing exactly, and I just couldn't figure out how to get those replays to run. But but anyway, um, getting back to your experience with Ketsui, so were you playing it on the 360? 
Uh, I bought it on 360, but I never played it that much. Like, just a little bit. Was that what you used for your one-all? Uh, no, I did that on main. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, when you played the 360 port, if you ever tried out X mode. Yeah, I played it. I, I only played it a few times, though. But it seemed pretty good for an arena. Yeah. It seemed like it's kind of hard to pin down exactly what makes... Like, I played quite a bit of X mode, but even now I'm struggling to remember what so like what sets it apart from the arcade mode necessarily there are definitely some changes but they're not clear in my mind from what i remember it has like um enemies that are like colored red or something and you can kill them and they bullet cancel and there's tons of chips everywhere and stuff right yeah that was it it's kind of fun yeah it's definitely fun speaking of uh i just wanted to mention did you ever play the x mode in doj yeah, I've played that a few times. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that mode's... It's kind of... I almost feel like it's kind of intentionally ridiculous at times. <laughs> How you have constant hyper and then you have the bullet-canceling hyper and stuff. Yeah, if you watch the um, the high, the top score and replay on it, it's just like he just sits in the corner the entire time with hyper-canceling everything. Yeah, it didn't feel like a, a really well-thought-out mode, but I feel like it's one you can recommend to people just just for fun. Like, who maybe don't play DOJ that much. Yeah, maybe just, uh, like, somebody has no idea what they're doing, just screw around on it or something. Yeah, exactly. The one other port of Ketsui that I'm wondering if you had any experiences with is the DS port, the Death Label. Did you ever have a chance to try that out? Yeah, I played that a bit. I guess it's like a a fun, bite-sized Ketsui, I guess would be the best way to say it. Fun-sized is how I described it. I don't think it's a game. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool for, like, a handheld shmup release. Yeah. I don't think it's a game that you'd want to, like, play real seriously, but it's fun. Yeah. Get the world record in it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was really fun. I was actually playing that last night in in RetroArch, giving it a try, just to see if the larger screen helped it out a little. It kind of did. It kind of looks insane on a larger screen, though. Yeah, it'd be nice to to use, like, an arcade stick or... Or a different D-pad or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was using an arcade stick with it. It's funny, when you in the emulator, you can just zoom in on the top screen, so you remove the bottom screen, and then it crops it to like 4 by 3 and it feels so weird. It feels like someone just smashed your Ketsui down. It's like squished in. It's, it's actually really silly looking. death tiny came out what were your thoughts about it or hopes or what were you kind of anticipating i actually wasn't looking forward to it at all (laughs) when they first announced it i was like why would they do kitsui again when it already has a good port right yeah why not dodonpachi or daiojo or ibarra or progear or whatever yeah right what do you think why do you think that is i i have no idea actually (laughs) it's just a popular game i guess 
That's very true, especially Donanpachi doesn't have a decent port at all, and then the DOJ ports, you know, they all have their issues, so... And Esperade, well, Esperade's coming out, or Esperade is uh, coming out now, but even earlier this year we didn't know that, so I was like, oh, they, maybe they should bring that to console. But with all that said, I'm a big Ketsui fan, so I was pretty excited. Yeah, it turned out very well, so I can't complain about it. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any experience with the other M2 ports? Battle Grega, Dagon Feveron, stuff like that? I haven't played Garaga, but I've played Feveron and Maho, and yeah, those are all great. Yeah. They're like the best ports. Definitely, and the Grega one is rock solid. Excellent port. Definitely an, a great way to play the game. When I uh, first started looking into it, I had no clue who M2 were at all, and so I was just looking at this Battle Garega port on the PS4, and I came into it pretty skeptical. I was like, oh, this, this is probably going to be pretty whack, but then I saw it had save state, it had all these features, it had lag reduction. I was like, wow. They thought of everything. Yep. M2 never misses anything. No, it was excellent. Yeah, so I had pretty high hopes for the Ketsui port coming out, but I had the same thoughts as you. I was wondering, yeah, the, the 360 version seems pretty solid. I think there were some flaws with the 360 version, though. Yeah, it, it runs a little faster, and I think it's missing some slowdown in the Euro loop, but I don't know. Yeah, I think Bananamatic mentions something about it missing some slowdown. And just from my kind of noobish perspective, I remember thinking that the training options were really lackluster in the 360 port. You had a, basically just a level select, and then... Uh, yeah, yeah. there's a level select and for like each stage, and then for an emote option and, an, and the URL option. Yeah. I was comparing it to the PS2 port of DOJ where it had like a little more to it where you could manipulate all these different variables or you could just fight the boss and stuff like that. So if I remember correctly, they didn't really do too much with the sprite art in the 360 port, right? It's just pretty much the arcade. They didn't upscale it or do much to it. Yeah, it's just the Arcadian with a, a few filters you can put on. Yeah, yeah. Still, though, it's on the 360, one of the best consoles for shmups, so it's definitely a, still a really solid port. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really high scores on there, too. So Yeah. Yeah, and I played a lot of Ketsui on the 360 version. Uh, did you ever try out the PS3 version? From what I hear, there's really not much of a difference between the two. No, I never... Yeah. I'd be curious to see if I could find any differences between them, other than, you know, one being region-free, but... The PS3 one's region-free. So you weren't really looking too much forward to the Ketsuri release this year. What were the things you were hoping to see the most? Well, they announced the um, IKD mode. I was uh, I was looking forward to that, because that looked pretty good for a remix, I guess. Yeah, I was learning a little more about that. I think Jamers was talking about it a little bit when I interviewed him, where wasn't it some kind of like special contest version that they had in 2007? Is that right? I'm not sure of the year, but they they had it for they had it for one of the festivals that Cave held back in the day. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they only had it running for a couple of days, I think. That was definitely something I was looking forward to trying out. Is it just one loop, right? I played it a little bit, but I haven't really dug too deep into it. Yeah, it's just the uh, one loop with like. Mostly second loop patterns, but yeah. some of them are changed a bit, and then, then then with a doom at the end. Right, pretty similar to Death Tiny in that regard. Then, when you got uh, Death Tiny and you fired up that mode, what were your initial thoughts about it? 
or your initial right away impressions? Uh, well, first I watched it on streams for a while, and uh, that's what made me actually want to buy the game in the first place. Cause it oh, nice. Like, yeah, it looked like um, a few different cave games together, like Escaluda with hypers from Diojo and uh, enemy explosions that can cancel bullets like in Akai Katana. And those are all great games, so it made me want to play it. Exactly. It feels, when I sat down, I had, I kind of went into it completely blind. I'd seen a little bit of the promotional material for the game, but I hadn't caught too many streams about it. So when I sat down to play Death Tiny, I was a little bit confused at first because I tried to read the instructions, but they're in Japanese. So I was like, okay, what am I doing here? And then when it just started uh, doing bullet cancels and pink chips and, or not pink chips, gold chips and blue chips, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> but I got, I kind of got a handle for it. And then I started to really like it. And then I played it some more and I started to really love it. So yeah. The the mechanics can take a little while to figure out because it has a few different things going on, but yeah. it's really fun once you get it. You had some forewarning, I guess, or some idea of what was going on even before you got the chance to sit down and play it. Yeah, just from watching streams and stuff. I actually misread some information about it on the forum. I thought it was my fault. I just misinterpreted what they were saying. I thought they were saying if you activate a level 3 before the first mid-boss that you unlock the aura loop at the end or something. Like there's a secret hidden loop or something. So I I did a few runs trying to unlock that. I was like, what? Why isn't this working? <laughs> yeah, it, it probably uh, takes... I don't even know how you would even figure out that you have to hold the button down. I'm assuming maybe the Japanese instructions maybe mention that? That would be my guess. Yeah, it probably says it somewhere, but... Yeah, so I definitely want to dig into learning more about your thoughts on... The mechanics of that mode because yeah i mean it's a brand new mode and uh you're definitely putting up some really amazing scores in it so i guess take us a little bit through your journey of discovering what you need to do and kind of getting into the mode well i started uh, i bought the game like a day or two after everyone else so the first thing i did well the first thing i did was just play through it by myself and after that i downloaded a couple of replays from the leaderboards just to see how people were playing the game mm-hmm and then from there, I just made a bunch of save states, like at the start of every stage and on bosses and stuff, and just f- tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, so were you kind of, because with all the different bullet cancelings and hypers you can activate and stuff, were you doing a lot of trial and errors of trying to figure out, okay, which gets you more points? Yeah, I'm still doing that, actually. Yeah, it's hard to It's hard to figure out, like, just the best way to do everything because there's so many different possibilities. Yeah, so maybe we should run down the, I guess, the mechanics that set it apart from the arcade version. The first is that for the newer players out there, if you get hit and you have a hyper, it auto activates instead of you dying. It has kind of like an auto bomb type feature there. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice. Obviously, it affects your score greatly, but for people just trying out the mode, I feel like it... I don't know, I I really liked it. I feel like you could recommend it to someone kind of getting into it and they could kind of learn Ketsui, but... Yeah, it gives them, like, training wheels. Exactly, yeah. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, they are, like, training wheels. And then uh, you take them off in arcade mode and you're like, why am I dying so much? So there's the hyper, and then there's three levels to the hyper, right? Yep. Well, there's... It can go up to, like, level whatever. You can just keep going, because you can suicide to keep your 
hyper level going. Oh, really? But yeah, the the item value maxes out at level three. Right, that's what I was thinking of. So I had no idea about the meta strategy of getting points. Here's what I figured out so far, and uh, you can kind of educate me on how what else you actually need to do. So what I started doing was some pretty basic things where I would just build up level three hyper, activate death die mode, and then just try and cancel a bunch of enemy bullets and kill a bunch of enemies and then rinse and repeat. Uh, yeah, that's the basic gist of it, really. <laughs> I, just figure... <laughs> Just figuring out like where you want to build up your hyper and then where you want to like spend it all. Right. So is there some strategic suicide stuff you're doing? Because like, you do get a crap load of extends in this game. Yeah, you get a bunch of lives, but they're not really <laughs> worth anything at the end of the game. So yeah, what, what they want you to do is just like suicide all of them. I was wondering what you did with them. I'm like, okay, is this just this super noob friendly feature they're throwing in? I felt like yeah, because I remember I did a run kind of experimenting where I was like, okay, this run I'm going to save up all my lives and see if I cash them out at the end. And no, you don't. Yeah, suicide is really important for score because when you die, it refills your hypermeter and it, it, it can keep your chain going. So you can build up like really big chains throughout a stage. Wow. So... Give us kind of the rough draft for the early stages. Are you suiciding in the early stages at all, or is it more later stage type stuff that you're doing the suicides? Uh, stage one and two, I don't suicide. I, okay. I did see somebody suicide in stage two, though, which was interesting. But uh, then in stage three, I suicide once. You can suicide twice there, but it's already a little dangerous. Yeah, no kidding. Then in stage four, I suicide again, and... Preferably only once, but sometimes I, well, most of the time, I usually die again. And then I suicide the rest of my lives in stage five. Oh, okay. Yeah, stage five is... You're going into Doom with one life? Or at what point are you suiciding them? Uh, I try to keep at least two lives left for the end. Because okay. you never, you never want to be on um, your very last life. Because at that point, your stage counter it, it won't go past 500, which is like nothing. And uh, you can't enter death die mode, which so your score. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your score is just like completely ruined at that point. So speaking of death die mode, I'm assuming you're basically in death die mode at all times. Yeah, you. Is there times where you get out of it strategically or anything like that? Yeah, the only time that you don't want to be in death die mode is on Doom's final attack because when. When you're not in death die mode, your invincibility shield from Hyperion, it lasts a lot longer. Like, from when you bomb in the arcade game. Yeah. So, you can use that to safely deal with all of this stuff. Nice. And is there any kind of, um, like you said, there's no end of life bonus. Is there any sort of bonus for clearing him in death die mode that's even worth it or no? Like, the, the final pattern or no? Well, uh, Doom himself, he's worth a lot of points to kill, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can milk the final pattern, I guess, but that's, oh, okay. like, that's uh, super dangerous. <laughs> no kidding. I would not recommend it. So what has been the timeline of your scores? Because it seems to me like it's just been like super fast. Every other day you're getting increasingly higher scores. Well, the first couple of days I was playing, it was I was just practicing. I never did any credits, so I'd already built up all my strategies by the time I started playing. So from there, I got like 600 million, I think, I started with. And then I just got 
six hundred something, six ten. Then the next day I got like six thirty, then six forty, six sixty, and now I'm at. Well, earlier today I just got seven forty. I don't know if I'll be getting too much higher than that. Yeah, I saw that, and it's funny because when we were when I was preparing to talk to you yesterday, you were at like seven twenty. So you just keep climbing. Okay, so with with your first run that you kind of just the six hundred million round, and then you started increasing. What were the areas that were increasing that were like giving you the most increases? Like, what were you focusing on? Well, when I first started, it was like hard to figure out a good strategy for stage four. So, because there's like a ton of enemies and right before the mid boss, mm-hmm. like leading up to him, so it's hard to figure out exactly what you want to do at that point, and then. Just before the boss as well. That's another hard section to figure out, like, the really best way to score. So mm-hmm. as time goes on, just keep getting better strategies for it. So you mentioned earlier that you're strategically suiciding to keep your chain going. Is it to the point where you're basically full chaining all these stages by strategically suiciding? Or is it that far along? I don't... Like, the longest chain is in stage 5, but that's only, like, maybe a third of the stage. Okay. So most of the time, it's just to extend the chain by another maybe 30 seconds or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering, because it's a different style of chaining than in, like, Donanpachi, right? Because there's a strict timer on it, other than killing your own ship. Yeah, you can... The hyper, it's like a kind of like maybe Daifukatsu, I guess. Yeah. You hyper, and then a timer comes down on it. And you want to hyper again, like, right before it ends to maximize how long it lasts and that's about it right so the part of stage four the beginning of stage four is that what's the juiciest places to suicide and get all the points well the highest value suicides are definitely in stage five like on the the descent leading into oh yeah yeah yeah, there's uh, tons of enemies before, right before and all the way through it. So that's where I suicide like three times, I think. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I need to check out some replays. I, I could just imagine it's a screen full of golden cubes flying everywhere. Yeah, that's a really high-value place. Can you explain a little bit the difference between the blue cubes and the gold cubes? Well, the blue cubes, they just uh, refill your hypermeter. And mm-hmm. the gold cubes are all just score on items. Right, and... As I was seeing, like, depending on your level of hyper, so if you activate level 3 and then you activate death die mode, the cubes get larger too, the gold ones, right? They're not the same size as if you have a lower level hyper. Yeah, they get a little bigger every time until uh, level 3. Is there ever any reason to not use level 3 hypers other than if you get hit accidentally? Well... Like, sometimes it might be better to just use, like, a level 1 hyper and then build your meter back up for a level 3 hyper later on in the stage. Okay. Things like that. Yeah. Is proximity a factor at all? I didn't think it was, but I just wanted to double check with you. It's mainly for, like, speed killing. Okay. But I think it might uh, affect how quickly you get blue cubes. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm still not even completely sure how that works, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery because I was messing around with that too, trying to figure. Okay, is it does it reward you like in the arcade mode to proximity kill enemies, or does it not? It's hard to tell. Yeah, I even I, I'm still not even sure. Like sometimes I lock onto enemies really quickly and I get blue cubes from. Other times I do the exact same thing and I get nothing. So yeah, I have no idea. 
I'm not a really well-versed Ketsui player, but I knew I do know there's a technique called empty locking. Do you use that at all in Death Tiny? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> I think maybe uh, it, something like it could be helpful because if you like if you kill a tank that drops a cube and then you kill an enemy like right after with an empty lock, like a larger enemy, he might drop cubes. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, <laughs> you're not worried about it. When you were watching these replays early on, these streams of people playing Death Tiny, what were their scores? Were they super plays or were they people just trying out the game and trying to figure out what the hell was going on? Uh, I think I was watching um, maybe Bananamatic playing and Icarus and then the Hay stream, Hay Arcade stream. Oh, okay. So most of the scores there weren't very high, but I could see like how they, the game was being played and it looked fun. So That's awesome. Have there been any Japanese players that you're aware of that have been like really going to town on this mode? Uh, yeah, there's there's one player right now who's like the number one ranked on PSN. His name's Sleepy Bamani, I think. Mm-hmm. He has like 750 million. Oh, so he made it that high. Yeah, he's been ahead of me for like uh, ten days now or something. Like I'm always checking his replay and seeing what I can learn from him. That's awesome. Do you know, is he a known player at all, or is he just this mysterious force destroying Death Tiny? Yeah, I have no idea who he is. Like, <laughs> I, I had a few guesses when he first appeared, but I, I'm not sure. I remember early on, because I got the game really early, so I, my score was inflated in that there weren't many entries when I got mine in. And I remember the person ahead of me was named Garega Dad, and I was like, is this guy really Japanese? I'm not thinking <laughs> he's a Japanese guy <laughs> Yeah, that's a bananamatic, I think. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a Western name to me. That's funny. I didn't know that was bananamatic. Actually, in my early streams, he tuned in and was like helping me figure out what the hell was going on because, like I said, I was really misinformed and trying all this stuff that wasn't working, and he fi- helped me figure out how to do the the death die mode and stuff like that. So, do you have any ability to read Japanese at all? Uh, I only know like a very little bit. Like a basically child level or monkey. Oh, nice. I'm worse than that. I'm like blind person level. So (laughs) when I first fired up the game and trying to get the settings going and stuff, I was actually taking pictures of the screen and then sending them to Plasmo being like, help, what does this say? (laughs) So I was wondering if you did, were there any like insights in the instructions or in the menus that would help you figure out what the hell was going on in this mode? I didn't know. They did have some kind of like, explanation but i couldn't figure out what it was talking about yeah i didn't learn anything (laughs) and what about the options i know there's lag reduction which is default on i believe and um i tested it and the input lag is the same as the 360 version so they're the same which is good so i was glad about that that was my biggest concern i was hoping it wasn't like really laggy and stuff I don't know why, but I everything on the PS4 in my mind is laggy, even if it isn't. Like, I think of the PS4 as a laggy console, so whenever something's announced to PS4, I'm like, ooh, is it going to be laggy? Yeah, there's lots of games on there with really, really high input lag. Yeah, that I think that's it. I think my first impressions of the PS4 were like Street Fighter V, and then the original release of Tekken 7, which was really laggy, and everything on the PS4 is just freaking laggy. I'm like, this console... <laughs> How can you put a shmup on this damn console? But M2, M2 pulled it off, so I'm really happy about that.
back to that tiny mode. So is your goal 750 million or do you think it's about tapped out around there? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't really have a, like a goal necessarily. I'm just playing to just see how far I can go. Right. I was wondering, are you trying to take out uh, Sleepy? Sorry, what was his name? Sleepy something. Sleepy Bomani, I think. Sleepy Bomani. Uh, I I was able to pass him once, but he beat me the next day. And <laughs> he's been ahead ever since. I always love back and forth stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to go back and forth with Greg, a dad, but then his score kept getting massive. I was like, who is this dude? But now it's been animatic. It makes sense. <laughs> Uh yeah, there's another player right now actually. His name is Asi. He's working on 800 million, I think, but that's going to be really 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 hard. Yeah. Even right now, like uh if I if I thought of like every risk I could take and did like a perfectly executed run, I don't even know if I could get 800. Wow. So that that would be well, he probably has better strategies than me, but still that's going to be really hard. Yeah, so you're thinking to get that high, he's got to come up with some kind of innovation or some kind of new way of getting points. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts of what something like that could be? Like, just theoretically, where these these extra points might be able to come from? Well, there's, like, always more you can do with just letting enemies sit on screen for a little while and shoot more bullets, like, mm. and cancel all those to score items. But that gets uh, risky. Yeah. Then, like, uh, there's more big score boosts you can get from fully milking every boss and destroying all their parts, but that gets really risky, too. Right. Is it kind of a situation where you're milking, but really the payoff is not that high? Like, it's not enough to really put you over? Yeah, for the most part, on most of the bosses, you only get, like, an extra maybe 10 or 15 million if you, like, fully milk them as much as you can. And that's a lot of uh, risk-taking to do, so yeah, I, I don't do too much of it for the Stage 3 boss, especially, and the Stage 4 boss. Sure. But the other ones, I do some decent looking on. Yeah, definitely. What is your favorite part of Death Tiny Mode right now? Like, what is your favorite thing about it? Probably just the basic mechanics, I'd say. Like, just building up the your hypermeter and then cashing it all in. Like, that's always going to be fun to me And like, every cave game. There is something really satisfying about that. Yeah, I was playing Death Tiny Mode a lot, and then I was like, oh, I better play the arcade version a little bit here and there, but I just was too addicted to Death Tiny. I kept going back. I was like, eh, arcade version can wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I was most looking forward to was the IKD mode, but I haven't even played anything but Destiny. So did M2 develop the mode themselves? Uh, I think they did, but I read in an, ar an article that Ikeda was overseeing it, so... Oh, that's really cool. That yeah. would maybe explain the, the lack of suicide bullets, right? In uh, the aura yep. mode? Um, or whatever you got, that die mode? Yeah, it would explain why it's so good, too. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> uh, I remember Banatic Manic was telling me about that, because I was saying, oh, is it just like aura mode? He said, yeah, but there's no suicide bullets. Well, that's awesome. So... When you're finished with playing Death Tiny Mode, are you going to maybe go on to the other arranged version? Uh, the IKD mode? Yeah, IKD mode. Yeah, I'd like to play that. Well, I don't know if I'd get like a really serious score in it, but I definitely want to play it. Yeah, it's kind of fun to tackle these arranged modes and stuff because, I mean, they're newer and fresher, you know, there's not as much. It's kind of like a little bit of, you can be a little more creative and kind of think of strategies whereas you know like 
arcade mode has been really examined and played so much that yeah like everything's already figured out with a uh, arcade kitsu exactly the fun part for me with playing a death tiny mode even though i wasn't expecting to get a really high score or anything i was just trying to figure out little mini strategies to basically cash in on as many points as i could that might have been somewhat creative yeah, that's uh that's the fun of the the new mode like just trying to figure everything out do you see this mode being played for a long time in the future or what do you think about that it's longevity there's probably going to be like a a couple people who really just play it nonstop, but i don't know if it'll be like a super popular game or anything yeah it feels like to me a lot of the arranged versions even if they're pretty awesome tend not to get too much attention in the long run they kind of have their day in the sun and then a few people yeah. still play them kind of thing yeah pretty much i don't know though i i'm hoping cats uh, death tiny mode catches on yeah i think it's really good so it'd be nice to see people playing it for a long time i feel like it justifies the game for sure there's so many things about this port that are excellent you know the input lag's good the graphics look amazing they look beautiful compared to even the 360 version is that just my eyes, or do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think it looks a little smoother, because I remember the 360 version looking, like, really pixelated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember I was playing this, because the PS4 forced me to play on a, what do you call it? When you stream PS4, it won't let you do Tate, because it, it can't figure out how to rotate. So I had to play on a, a Yoko or a, a horizontal monitor, so I got out my Asus gaming monitor, and I was like, wow, this game looks really good. So did you uh, have a chance to, did you care much about like some of the extra things like the arranged soundtracks and stuff like that? Well, the Daisuke Matsumoto soundtrack, that one didn't really do much for me, but I'm glad they right. included the the M2 soundtrack. I mean, the Base Escape soundtrack from the 5PB port. Yeah, that one's excellent. Yeah, that one's my favorite one. Yeah, the 360 soundtrack is killer. That's one of my favorites. So yeah, that was going to be a hard one to top. But the one that kind of surprised me as being really good, at least to me, was the, what is it, like Vertical or Sky? Oh my god, I need to look it up. The blue one, I'm trying to remember what that's called. Vertical or Sky soundtrack. That one's actually pretty solid too. The Vert soundtrack? I Vert think soundtrack, yes. The Vert soundtrack, that one was pretty cool. Yeah, that one's from the 360 Daifukatsu Black Label Ketsui mode. Oh, so okay, they, okay. Yeah, they, they brought that one over too. Nice. Yeah, so what's the the one you mentioned? Yeah, I was agreeing. It was okay, but it wasn't really doing it for me either. Yeah, the, the Daisuke Matsumoto one. Yeah, that one's like completely electronic, I think. And it doesn't really fit the game, in my opinion. Especially, I'm trying to remember the name of the stage. It's like the Death Line or 
the front what's the name of that fourth stage sorry i always forget but the fourth stage is one of my favorite songs on the ost and i felt like yeah um, on that arranged soundtrack it wasn't hitting hard enough it wasn't rocking hard enough yeah definitely (laughs) i feel like katsui needs needs to be rocking yeah it needs to have a headbanging soundtrack for long hairs yeah exactly (laughs) it's an interesting soundtrack because there's the tracks like stage four where it's just completely rocking and then there's stage two where it's kind of like dreamy and pleasant it's it's an interesting soundtrack it's one of my favorites yeah, I think it's uh, Namiki's best soundtrack, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely rank it up there with some of my favorites. super easy mode included in the game i actually never played it i should have did you play it Uh, i haven't played it but i saw a picture of like a a high level kitsui player on twitter he had like 60 lives by the end of it or something anyway i bring that up (laughs) because i think it's funny that they call it super easy because i always wonder if this is like a localization issue or if it's just these developers being kind of tongue-in-cheek but i'm trying to think of Okay, like if you're recommending shmups to your friend who doesn't play shmups and probably would get whooped in arcade mode, you're like, oh, play super easy mode, dude. <laughs> He's like, are you trying to insult me here? <laughs> so I always wondered why maybe someone in the localization team was like, maybe we should call it something else, like arrange E or something a little more covert than super easy mode. <laughs> yeah, novice isn't as uh, emasculating, I guess. Right. Or like in, you know how in Gunbird it's like baby mode and stuff like yeah, that? monkey mode. <laughs> monkey mode. I feel like baby should be less than monkey. I feel like monkeys <laughs> can do better in video games than babies. <laughs> so. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I brought that up because because of the auto-bombing mechanic in Death Tiny Mode, or the sort of auto-bombing mechanic, I feel like it's actually a great way for people to get a false sense of confidence and like feel good about themselves. Because I felt that way. Like, I'm not that great at Ketsui. And then I cleared Death Tiny, and I, I got my ego got all hot, and then I played Arcade Mode, and I forgot that I'm not as good as I thought I was. Because that auto bomb was, like, helping me out so much, so. Yeah. Death Tiny is secretly the mode you want to you wanna recommend to people who really aren't that into shmups or kind of looking into getting into the game. Because it doesn't patronize you, but it definitely helps you out more than Arcade Mode. 
Yeah, that's usually how they uh, do arcade modes. Like, they make it easy enough for, like, a complete beginner to go on with it. But then, hopefully, it'll be interesting for people who want to get, like, uh, high scores. Yeah, I think they did a great balance there because cause if you're going for a score, that losing your hyper is, like, huge problem. So, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude. It's it's actually not that punishing oh, is for it? when you make a stickings. Yeah, it, like if they balanced it for the arcades, it'd probably be a lot more brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird feeling playing that mode and you're getting all these extends. You're like, am I really freaking good at this game or what's going on here? Yeah, they they definitely try to make it so you could like even a beginner could eventually clear the game yeah. without like really dedicating tons of time to it. It's actually a really clever way of doing it because when you think about the rank in something like Garega, it gives you extends, but then it brings up the difficulty for beginners if they're just hoarding a bunch of extends. But this way is an interesting way to do it where serious players have to suicide those lives away to get the hyper bonuses and stuff. But if you're just trying to hoard lives, the game really isn't punishing you for doing that if you're like a newer player. Yeah, like a beginner can clear it and like a serious player can take a bunch of risks for high scores. Yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah, I definitely fully recommend the mode. And at first, I was a little arrogant when I cleared it. What's what's wrong with this mode? Why is it so easy? I didn't get it. And then I played it a few more times. I was like, oh, wait a minute here. I'm missing something. So yeah, really clever game design, I think. Is there anything you'd want to see different in Death Tiny Mode? We're talking about what's great about it. Are there some flaws in the mode that bother you or things you want to see that you wished were different? Well, it would be nice if they made... Oh, we didn't... Uh, I didn't mention this before, but like when you collect a power-up, it fills up your hypermeter. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that, that can be really useful for scoring. So it would be nice if uh, they made the hitbox on that like a little smaller so it doesn't... So you don't have to like dodge the power-up so... Right. Like, more than the enemy bullets. So I'm thinking, it's like when you're trying to chain in Donanpachi in the second stage and the damn power-up breaks your chains. Are there times yeah. in uh, Death Tiny where you're trying to leave them on screen strategically? Yes, like pretty much every time they come up, almost. And, and it gets a, it's especially annoying after stage 5, because then there's like tons of bullets coming at you. You don't have space to really get away from the power-ups, so yeah. if it moves in a bad way, it can really screw you up. I'm assuming it, yeah, I've played it too. It's just like random power-up movement like you would get in arcade mode. Yep. What do you think about if they changed it to be like the hypers in DOJ where they just fall downward? Do you think that would be better? Mm, nah, I don't think so, because like it's, it's nice being able to just activate it whenever you want without having to go up and collect an item. Have a bunch of hypers following you around <laughs> i'm just trying to imagine that that'd be funny well, that's what it's like in the um daifukatsu arrange mode i think or maybe not maybe not the kitsui arrange i don't remember uh-huh yeah i remember one of them had a hilarious amount of hypers following the ship around yeah another thing that i guess i should have mentioned too is that isn't there uh bomb items and you click those and those give you a crap load of hyper as well am i remembering that correctly yeah, it's the same as the uh, power-up. They give you like 30% hyper oh, okay. or something like that. Yeah, I think they're both the same. Oh, okay. Oh, another thing too is 
me and Banana Manic were talking about Ketsui before the, the release. Like, I was asking him, oh, do you like Ketsui and stuff like that? And one thing he said that really bothered him about the original release is that there's that part where the helicopters to get the extend are kind of finicky and sometimes they'll they'll leave and you won't be able to get the extend. That still happens. Still to me. happens? Oh, okay. That never happened to me, so I thought maybe they fixed it or something. Yeah, that only happened to me once so far, though, so okay. it's not that common. Yeah. There's a freezing bug, too, that that happens in the original arcade game. Like, as soon as Doom appears, it can freeze. That that happens in uh, Destiny mode as well. Oh, really? So what happens when this bug activates? Like, what, what, are, what are the consequences exactly? The game just freezes. Like, completely? Yep. Soft locks? Yep. Holy crap. Like, Ketsui, it, it freezes, but, like, the game itself, it's still, it's still running, so you can still open menus and restart and stuff. I wonder if they... They must have known about that, obviously. I wonder if they left it in just because they're like, that's Ketsui, we're leaving it in, or if they didn't feel like trying to change it. <laughs> yeah, that level of accuracy is not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to give them the benefit that they're afraid if they went in and changed that, they'd be messing up some other things somewhere or something. Possible. That's the benefit of the doubt there, but... <laughs> well, any other thoughts on uh, other changes you'd, you would want to have seen? Other than the uh, the power ups being annoying, well, maybe just just like if it were more balances in our an arcade game, just make it more punishing. That'd be the only thing I'd change. Because other than that, the game's awesome. In the original arcade mode? No, I mean uh, Destiny mode. Okay, yeah. Do you feel like it's a little too easy, or do you mean punishing as in punishing scoring mistakes? Yeah, it's not that it's too easy, because it can get, like, really hard, but if mm-hmm. you make a mistake, it might not cost you that much. So, it'd be maybe more interesting if they made that, just your mistakes cost more. Yeah, what do you think of some kind of, like, maximum-style mechanic? You know, in uh, Donanpachi, where you get the maximum bomb bonus? Like, something like that. Would you like to see that kind of change, or more, like, chaining if you die, your chain explodes or something. I don't know exactly what, what they could do. Maybe just like uh, auto-bombing. Just maybe cost more of your meter or something. Oh, um, okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I was actually surprised with the auto-bomb activation. I thought maybe there it would be more punishing other than just activating level 1. Yeah, it just takes like the same 30%, I think. So Yeah, it's just the same as activating level 1. It, it could drain like your entire meter or something. Yeah. Because there were some times when I was streaming and I would get hit by a, by a straight bullet and I'd try to play it off like I activated hyper. I was like, I'm hypering right now. <laughs> so besides you and Bananamatic playing this game and uh, Sleepy, there's also another Japanese, it sounded like a Japanese Death Tiny tournament put on by M2 themselves. Not yeah. a tournament, but scoring competition. Yeah, when the game first came out, uh, M2 ran a score contest for the game for a week, where the top five players on PS4 would get prizes, and top five players on at the Hey Arcade would get prizes, and the number one player on each one would get uh, a model of the one of the Katsui ships, and then everybody oh, that's else. Oh, cool. get, Yeah, everybody else gets posters. Oh, I remember seeing that tweet with the toy planes from M2, and I was like, "What is this about?" So that's what it was about. Those were really cool-looking models. Yeah, they're really expensive, too. I was surprised. They're like 130 bucks or something. Really? So, for the PS4 players, could Westerners have gotten in there, or is there no way? 
Well, I don't know if they expected Westerners to get in there, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I had the highest score on PS4, so they sent me the, well, they, they just shipped the model out to me the other day, so I should be getting that. Wow. That's a really cool ending to the story. So you ended up get winning one of the models. Yep. Uh, I got the Type B one, because the, um, whoever got the highest score at Hay, which was a guy named Asi, he's like a really high level player, mm-hmm. uh, he, he chose the Type A ship. So they just sent me the Type B. Ah, can you blame him, though? Such a swag ship. <laughs> I don't even mind getting the Type B ship. I think it looks cooler. The model looked amazing. Yeah, naturally I'd want Type A instead, though, because that's the one I actually play. Yeah. Well, do you feel like maybe maybe you're obligated now to do some Type B runs to <laughs> for the fans? I might try it sometime, actually. There's, a, there's another player with almost 700 million with Type B. One thing I guess... I could mention about just Ketsui as a game, you know, all the ranged versions is I think it's actually really cool how there's just two ships and that's it. I'm not saying every game should be like that, but I, I do like that about Ketsui where Donanpachi, you got A, B, C, and then you got AL, A shot, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. all these different ships and subtypes. The fun part about Ketsui is there's just two ships, you pick the ship and then there you go. Yep, it's uh, more focused. Right, exactly. Which is nice when you're making uh, score tables for the game, because there's just two ships instead of a million. It's nice for the developers, too, since they don't have to worry too much about balancing everything. Yeah, I like playing both ships. I think, actually, next year I'm planning to play a lot more Ketsui, Death Tiny, and Arcade, and I'll start with focusing on Type A ship, but I think maybe after a bit I'll do some Type B runs, too. Yeah, type B's still pretty fun. Like, the fast movement speed. Uh huh. It feels really similar to AL's movement speed, other than when you're actually locking on, but just the base movement speed when you're shooting. Yeah, but Type A still has the advantage in like every way. Yeah, definitely. That ship was made for Ketsui. It feels like the wider shot, the the faster lock on speeds and stuff. Just everything about it feels like it belongs in Ketsui. Yep. Yeah, I was actually I've been playing a lot of Type CL and Donanpachi, and I feel like the ships play pretty similarly to each other as far as their speeds and their laser speeds and stuff if you ever played on apache i've i don't think i've ever used cl but i i I mean i've played on apache a bit but i've never taken it too seriously what what happened is i'd play a bunch of al and then i'd switch over to type a and ketsui and all of a sudden the ship feels like it's got lead weights on the back of it but from cl to type a it feels like really similar yeah like, the slow movement speeds can take some time to get used to. Like, especially especially uh, when I started playing Diojo with Type B. Yeah, I, I definitely had that problem because I remember when I was going for my one-all in Black Label. This was, like, a year or so ago. I was having... No, maybe a year and a half ago. I was having trouble with Stage 5, you know, the part with, like, the honeycomb and the, the bees and stuff. Just, I had problems with that section, so my solution was... You know, B has a wide shot, so maybe if I just play B and just wide shot everything, that would make it easier. And then I tried playing B, and I just kept running into bullets because the ships, I wasn't used to the ship speed at all. Wait, even in Diojo, I don't think Type B's wide shot is especially useful. Like, maybe for pure survival, but... Yeah, it was a good lesson for me to learn. The lesson is switching your ship doesn't necessarily solve all your problems. Definitely. It just uh, makes new problems. So that is really awesome that you ended up getting the high score 
and getting the the prize. So what was the timetable for, you said how long before they closed the contest? Uh, They ran it for a week, so it was pretty short, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And you said you didn't get it on day of release, right? Yeah, I got it, I think, a day later or maybe two. So I was I played a little catch-up, but I watched some replays and learned from them. So Plus, I had more time to play. What was your score that got you the win? Uh, I ended with 662 million, which was maybe 23 million above the next highest guy on PS4. The, the guy below me is uh, Rokukichi. And I was going back and forth with him throughout the whole contest, pretty much. So that was fun. I bet. Yeah. So give us a snapshot of like what it was like going back and forth with the guy. Were you like waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh shit, did he beat my score? <laughs> um. Well, I basically played as much as I possibly could while the contest was on. So mm-hmm. I would just like. Uh, do some save state practice, try to figure out whatever I could, and then just play a bunch of credits, get whatever high score I could. And then at the end of the day, I'd have like a higher score than him. Then I'd wake up and he'd have a higher score than me, and then I'd just do the same thing. Were you doing a lot of uh, spying on his scores? Be like, okay, what is he doing? What do I need to keep my eye out here? As far as when he would catch up with you? The first couple of days when I was playing, I watched some replays. But after that, I... I saw a tweet by um, Asi, and he was saying that he didn't want to watch any more replays until the contest was over. So I figured I'd do the same thing. So after oh, that, okay. yeah, after that, uh, I just stopped downloading replays. But I was watching the scores just to yeah. see. Yeah, definitely, that makes sense. Did, were you ever considering doing some score sniping? Is that even possible? <laughs> I guess play offline and then play run yeah. online. When I first got the game, I was thinking uh, maybe I would just like, I would either maybe com- play offline the entire time or maybe just spend like four days or something just come practicing and then score on the last day or two. But, but then I saw like everybody just keeps, everybody keeps putting up new scores every day. So I figured I should just do the same. Yeah, I feel like Art of War, maybe score sniping is a, a good strategy, but as far as like sportsmanship, it seems a little shady to score snipe too much, but... <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I didn't want to look like a jerk doing that. <laughs> yeah, it kind, of, it kind of comes across that way a little bit, but... Because it kind of... The fun of the whole competition is the back and forth anyway. So when you were just grinding these runs, what was your daily schedule? Was it just Katsui day and night? Uh, Pretty much just wake up. Katsui, eat, Katsui, eat, Katsui, and go to bed. That's crazy. I'm assuming since you had such a high score in DOJ, you probably have experienced this before, right? Just like insane shmup grind fests? I'm actually not sure I ever played anything as much as I played Katsui. Oh, okay. Because even when I was playing Dioja, I'd never play more than like maybe, like at the max, maybe five or six hours a day. Uh huh. So, Katsui, I definitely played more than that. That explains, because I was following your tweets, because I remember, actually remember your first tweet saying, like, you got 600 something million. Am I playing this game right or something? I was like, yeah, you're definitely doing something right, because. <laughs> actually, I, I was just seeing if I was doing the contest, right? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was like, damn, yeah, you're definitely doing something right, because you're destroying my score, so. I wasn't sure if I'd even be able to enter it, because uh, I'm overseas from M2. Yeah, 
But then they replied, so I figured it was fine. They seem like a cool company. I mean, I don't know, but they seem like they'd be chill with that kind of thing. But Yeah, they've been real, real nice to me. I could see maybe, you know, some other company being, like, upset about it or something. <laughs> Region lock this jerk. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. That's really awesome. I'm glad for the Westerners that you brought home the Ketsui ship. <laughs> well, I tried as hard as I could. Like, I couldn't try any harder. That's really awesome. So I'm assuming your previous experience with Ketsui was a real asset, too. Yeah, definitely. Learning the game in May, that definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. I was able to just, like, apply basic Ketsui knowledge and then just, like, work my way around that. Yeah, because I... Pretty much a lot of the boss patterns and stuff are, like, almost exactly the same, right? Like, even I recognized that. I was like, oh, this is, like, the same boss patterns that I've been encountering, too. So... Even at first, I was doing, like, the same score and patterns. <laughs> oh, were you? Like, point-blanking stuff and... Yeah, point-blank enemies here and... Does that still matter? Like, if you shot some, uh, shot an enemy and then use that to lock on to other enemies? Does that matter at all in Death Tiny? See, I think when um, you kill an enemy that drops uh, the blue cube, like, if, the, if it's still on screen when you kill a larger enemy, he'll drop blue cubes too. So, in that sense, it can help. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like there was something going on there, but it was... I felt like the whole time I'm playing Death Tiny, it's like, oh yeah, there's... I'm kind of getting an idea for what the scoring strategies might be, but they weren't really sharp in my mind of what I should do. Yeah, I'm still not even completely sure how everything works, so... Do you think it's possible that, let's say we look back on this recording six months from now, and the score is like, I don't even know how, like a billion or something, like crazy high that you would have never expected? Do you feel like that's even possible, or do you feel like we're, you're kind of getting near the cap? I can see scores going like 800 million, maybe a little over that, but I really doubt it will go too much further. Oh, okay. But maybe someday somebody will have like some crazy strategies nobody would ever think of. Yeah. Counter stop the game or something. <laughs> exactly, because I'm a little bit newer to the Shmup community, so it's kind of exciting for me to see a, a newer, a newer range mode release that's actually pretty cool and interesting, because I'm kind of curious to follow how it goes to see if will think, oh, 800 million's near the top, and then some dumb strategy or some dumb glitch is discovered, and all of a sudden it's, like, blown open. I don't know. Yeah, every day when the competition was going on, like, everybody would have, like, their maximum score, and then they'd figure out new things, and it'll be a little higher and a little higher and a little higher. So maybe it'll keep going, but I don't think it'll go too much further. You mentioned that 
parallel to the PS4 release, there was or the PS4 competition, there was the arcade competition. So were they playing that on PS4s in arcade cabinets, or is there an arcade release of this game? Uh, I think they just had a PS4 and an arcade setup. Right. Yeah, and people would go there, and the whoever top five scores would get the stuff. Yeah, so I've had a recent bit of education about Japanese arcades, because in my mind, for years, I imagined Japanese arcades as being like CRTs, PCBs, like, old school stuff but it sounds like most japanese arcades don't even use crts and run on like lcds and stuff yeah i think the ps4 setups they'd have and would definitely be lcd or, or some type of setup like that yeah only like insane wackos like me play on crts with their ps4 because <laughs> you got to have some serious equipment to pull that off i even know you could hook a ps4 up to a crt you can. It's a it's a bitch. So you need a. Uh, so first, you have to do is you have to set your PS4 to 480p manually. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And then you need these special HD Fury gamer cables, which are discontinued, that convert HDMI to VGA without lag. And then you got to plug that into an Extron Emotia 2, which will take the 480p and turn it to 240p. And then you can play your PS4 on a CRT. That's a lot of hassle. It is a lot of hassle. Yeah, I have this. I'm actually sitting next to it right now in my recording room, but I have this massive Sony Trinitron that I have flipped sideways. So any excuse to connect a shmup to it, I do that. So <laughs> what is your setup? Speaking of setups, what do you play on? I just play my PC monitor, uh, an Asus monitor, PA2 something something. I, I don't I forget the name of it. It should have low input lag, though. Maybe maybe one frame. Yeah, I have one as well. Asus makes really great monitors. Do you play it uh, rotated? Yep. Nice. Yeah, definitely a nice way to go. I was yeah. going to play it rotated, but if you stream it on PS4, the PS4 is too dumb to figure out that. Yeah, it'd be nice if I could play it on a bigger monitor, though, because then you can see all the gadgets and stuff on the M2. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that is that is a drawback of playing on rotated because you can't see the gadgets anymore. Yeah. They still have a few of them at the top, but you don't get everything. Yeah. So what do you think of the gadgets? We should talk about those. Most of them seem like maybe kind of pointless, but they, <laughs> they're still really cool. Like there's some, like the airlocking one that shows how many chips you get and stuff from just doing airlocks. That That's a really interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I think another one that looked like it would be really helpful is the proximity gadget, right? Yeah. That... So... My experience with gadgets is there's a rank gadget in uh, the Battle Garega port. That baby is super helpful. Yeah. Ma Maho Daisakusen. Yeah, I used that to figure out what my kind of strategies were for doing rank because it showed you it in real time. Yeah, I could imagine that being really good for Garaga. Yeah. They carried that over to Maho Daisakusen as well. Oh, did they? I haven't played that one. It's not as useful there. And Katsui pretty much doesn't have rank, right? I think it actually does, but it's like completely like you wouldn't even notice it, so Right. Yeah, kinda like Donopanchi. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that as a DOJ player? <laughs> what are your thoughts on rank? Mm, I guess it's kind of interesting, but like it's not necessary to make a game like really interesting for me. So just take it or leave it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. How I feel about rank is intellectually, I appreciate it. But then when I sit down and play shmups, 
and the shmups I play don't have it, I'm happy. And then I play like Garega and DOJ and I appreciate it and everything, but a part of me is like, uh Yeah, it makes um just makes more stuff to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I do like kinda like weird meta strategies and shmups like intentionally suiciding your ships and stuff, but I kinda like the way Death Tiny does it where it's like a clear this gives you more score. Whereas, you know, sometimes in Battle Grega, I'm like, should I suicide my ship or should I just wait for myself to make a mistake and use that as a suicide? So, yeah, the suicides in um, Destiny are, I guess, are kind of like Battle Backgrade, actually. But I never really played that game, so it seems similar to me, though. Oh, do you think that's where the, maybe they got the idea? Mm, possibly. Yeah, because you're saying it has all the it has like all these different mechanics thrown into Ketsui, which is a cool idea. Yeah, it just seems like a a love letter to cave games, maybe. I could see that. Maybe that's why they chose Ketsui. <laughs> just for Death Tiny Mode. Maybe that's why they made Death Tiny Mode. Because, like, for people who, like, regular Ketsui might not be appealing, but so they made a mode with, like, a bunch of other cave games. Yeah. Get everyone on board. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm really digging it. So what do you think about Esperade coming out? Are you looking forward to that? Yes, definitely. I was actually going to yeah. play that earlier this year, but but now I'm definitely going to before the PS4 port comes out. Are you going to win a little flying guy for the, <laughs> for the people? If they run a contest, I'll probably try. <laughs> actually, I don't know, because uh, Esperade scoring isn't particularly great. Yeah, with the milking. But my thinking is if they re-release it and they release like death mini mode, <laughs> that it will remove the milking. Yeah, they'll probably do something about that with whatever range mode they come up with. Yeah, that's what I'm actually looking forward to the most. Because like you said, yeah, I love Esperade, like playing it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll play this game for score. And then I watched some replays of it and they're just milking bosses forever. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it gets like I can appreciate the skill in it because it's like complete mastery. But it's just really tedious looking. Yeah. And imagine grinding that for hours and hours like imagine doing that section over and over you're like oh this is so mind-numbing yeah i can't that's stuff like that's not for me yeah me neither it's hard enough for me just to play like really difficult you know sections let alone ones that are really tedious yeah i'm I'm really glad they ended up announcing esperade my hope is that after esperade is dodonpachi yeah. what do you think the likelihood of that is I think they'll definitely do Dodonpachi eventually. Then they'll probably do Daiojo as well. Which yeah. Would, which which I would comes be... first, your prediction? Daiojo or DDP? I think they would probably do the original Dodonpachi first. Because Daiojo, like, if they just did Daiojo, then people who play Daiojo Black Label wouldn't be happy. So they'd basically have to do two games at the same time. Yeah, like a Black Label Extra where you have both. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 game. I was trying to explain that game to my friend where it has many great points and then many like the port itself, horrible points. So it's an interesting one. The port is uh when they when people complain about the port, they just talk about like the load times and stuff, but it has a lot more wrong with it. Yeah. Like for instance, the level select is L busted. Yeah, it's it's like the worst training mode ever conceived. Yeah. I don't know what you do, but there is a way to like go into a stage with full power-ups. Yeah, you just press the you just press the start button. Is that what it is? 
Yeah, instead of the A button. Like, I don't even know why they would give you the <laughs> option, but... Yeah, I was just like a monkey on a typewriter. Sometimes we get full power-ups by doing something, so I'm like hitting different buttons trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, that, that port. I could definitely see them M2 improving on that. Would you say, too, that there's less slowdown in the 360 port? It feels that way to me, but I'm not totally sure. Well, on the 360 port, I've really only played white label, and there is less slowdown on the 2-4 boss at max rank, which can be really annoying. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the much bigger issue with the port is that it has some input lag, which is which makes an already really hard game even harder. So, Yeah, definitely. That's not good. Yeah. And a lot of the other 360 ports are a lot better about that, so you can't even really fault the hardware there. Well, awesome, man. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we head out? I think you pretty much covered everything. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I was really, really looking forward to talking to you because you're killing Death Tiny Mode, and I really wanted to learn more about what's going on there with the scoring and kind of how you figured out what you're doing. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs>